0: I'm Dan Lukowitz, your host, Dan on Top. I'm always humbled and amazed at the quality of guests that we have on our show here. And today is no exception whatsoever. Please welcome Greg Katz, Chief Strategy Officer at TSCG, The Shopping Center Group. Greg, how you doing? I am great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's our pleasure, absolutely. Really happy to take this opportunity to put you out there and let our viewers really get to know who you are. So let's just roll with that. Greg, who is Greg Katz? Well,
1: <laughs> depends on if you ask my wife, my kids or my coworkers, but, um, <clears throat> so I am, uh, as you mentioned, I'm chief strategy officer for the shopping center group now known as TSCG. Um, uh, my, my core role is to uh, look at the infrastructure technology uh, data, research, marketing, et cetera, and try to holistically um, combine those all together to create some innovation and strategy that can take uh, TSCG to the next level and, and keep it in the forefront of, of, of that innovation, um, as well as combining that with the, with the human capital side of things.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And what would your wife say to that question?
1: Um well, my wife would say I've been trained very very well and I learned two words when we first got married and that was yes dear. Um, there you go.
0: <laughs> there you go. Well tell us a little bit Greg about the shopping center group TSCG and what exactly you guys do.
1: So we are uh we are a retail real estate um brokerage company uh that was founded about 35 years ago and we have we really have some distinct service lines. We, we were founded as a tenant representation organization um, uh, back in the day and have expanded to include uh, third party leasing and, and property management, investment sales, uh, as well as um, uh, research data and analytics. And so all of those are revenue generating lines for us. We have about 20 offices and approximately 250 people um, and most mostly on the East Coast, we have one office out West in Santa Barbara.
0: Wow. Okay, great. Well, listen, in 2020 and now into 2021, retail is a scary world. So talk to us a little bit about retail and what happens to retail in a, a post COVID world.
1: You know, it's interesting, Dan, as I look at all of, of this and then I go all the way back, I, I'm a retail kid. I was, uh, I was literally born into a retail family and, and, uh, the family business was a catalog showroom company back in the day and and used to run the aisles and play around with and and also make my Christmas and and birthday lists as I was going through. But um, you know, as I, as I look back, I remember, you know, the catalog showroom business. And and I remember everyone saying that mail order was going to um, kill that business. And then I remember uh, the department stores coming along and the department stores were the next great thing. And that was going to uh, you know kill the existing retail business you know i think over time you know e-commerce was that next you know somewhere in there was that next big wave right sure. the direct to consumer e-commerce is going to kill retail retail always seems to find a way right and it always seems to morph and change and and find that way to survive and and it does a pretty good job of it and I, I don't think this is any different I, I do think this is unlike anything we've seen in a long long time but I think retail will come out of this more innovative um, and a, with a better understanding of the company. I, 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 think, uh, I think people have short memories. I think uh, the experience becomes more important than ever. And that experience is no longer just in store, that experience is the whole buying process, right? Absolutely. Is it whether it's right online, whether it's in store, whether you know, whether it's a combination of both. Uh, and, and I also think that the, the point of sale is changing, and, and I think that the traditional impulse purchase and the traditional point of sale is going to continue to morph and evolve. Everything from what we've seen with Amazon Go uh, to drive-through, to buy online, pick up at curb, um, even to buy online, pick up at the store, right? And all of those come with their distinct challenges. But it, it changes it changes that point of sale, and it causes retailers to have to get more creative and more innovative. So. I see that happening. I see it happening quickly. And and I think those that are out in front will be the ones that that lead the charge and, and are successful.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Greg. I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, a lot of people ask me the question. They say, Dan, is retail dead? And I always tell them that as long as people like you and I are around and we've got a buck in our pocket, we're spending money, retail isn't dead. Retail just changes and you know a big buzzword of today is you know the omni channel fulfillment and i think that that's something that you and i agree on what we're seeing is just a shift more towards what works for the retailer and what works for the consumer so whereas before people would walk into stores that would be the way that they fulfilled their orders today there's multiple ways and we're seeing that that is kind of what's being stressed today is what works for the retailer what works for the consumer are there any other emerging trends that you see in retail that you know maybe somebody in your perspective uh, is aware of that, that that other people aren't necessarily thinking about
1: well it's interesting because you mentioned omnichannel right and I, I think originally omnichannel was meant from a retailer perspective right I've got to be in all channels to reach the customer and I, I think that <clears throat> omnichannel is changing I think it's more it's the customer, right? And again, I know that's the fundamental part of retail, but it's, it's, it's now putting the customer in charge of all those channels and personalizing all of those channels. So I don't think that you can have this blanket omni-channel strategy anymore. I think it has to be, how do we make sure it's seamless experiences for the customer, no matter where they are, where they're at, because as you know, and as you mentioned, a dollar in our pocket, and I would take that a step further we could have a dollar in our pocket or we could have our smartphone right because yeah. both both do the same thing now and i think that that retailers are having to realize that you got to be able to get to that customer and do so effectively and efficiently no matter what they're doing so you could be in the car you know at, at a, in a traffic jam and everybody stopped and you you know you want to buy something real quick on, you know whatever it is on at target right you put it online so you can pick it up at the store later and so I I think that that philosophy has changed. I also think it's making its way back to the store and stores are starting to look at it doesn't have to be an in-store purchase to be a successful brick and mortar location. And and going back to that retail is dead, I think it's real important to understand it's now about market area instead of store. If if I come into a a Best Buy and, and I look at a TV and I see the TV and I... You know i'm drooling over the big nice 80 inch widescreen tv right that's what i want but i'm going to do my research and homework and make sure it's really what i want and i may leave the store if i'm that store employee i want to make sure i've provided that best experience possible let me touch feel see understand what i'm getting if i buy it online from best buy or i buy it in store from best buy it's a win for best buy right so i think there's more people starting to realize it's about the whole area and it's Mm -hmm. about how we get the customers to purchase so I think that's changing philosophies of store sizes, what stores look like in terms of that experiential, um, and again, the seamless transaction piece of the equation um, is is you know of, of extreme importance. I think is going forward out of COVID.
0: Yeah, those are some excellent points. I mean, you're absolutely right. If a customer comes in store, and that's just part of the experience but the actual transaction isn't you know consummated until later when they're at home on their computer there's nothing wrong with that and i think that that it's important to recognize that the whole experience is shifting. Uh, there is an omni-channel fulfillment, you know, that's going on, but there's also, uh, like, a, a, a the customer has now an opportunity to consummate the sale at, at many different places along the line. I think that's important to recognize. You know, I was, I was kind of astounded going into some of the retail locations around my home this holiday season, whether it be Nordstrom or Micro Center or Best Buy, to see just how much of the store was devoted to, orders that were placed online. It was incredible. You walk right in, and it's almost like, you know, I want to say 10 15 20% of some of these stores were devoted to orders that had already started, and now the customer is coming to pick it up. And I think it's fascinating. You know, I was reading some literature, actually, Barry Wolf put out, that the cost to do a buy online, pick up in-store transaction is about 10% of that for a traditional e-commerce transaction. And I think it's fascinating to see how retail is evolving at this point.
1: Uh, great points. And, and I think, you know, a couple of things to that. One is it it's a, it's it's just continues to be a distinction between, you know, brick and mortar and Amazon. Right. I, I guess, again, there's 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 multiple points that you can touch and feel and see Amazon. You're, you're going to have to be online. And these days, there's all kinds of questions about trust and who you're buying from and all mm-hmm. this. And you go to to your point when you go to Best Buy, you know who you're buying from. Right? You know what you're getting. You know who it is. You know the retailer. You know the reputation, et cetera. Um, and, and I think the other thing is what you mentioned, which is I think that this the seamlessness of the transactions are causing some, some retailers to relook at what they do and how they do it. If you look at what you mentioned in terms of the cost structure, you know at the end of the day, you've, you've probably seen the news lately. A lot of these retailers are saying, don't even return the Christmas yeah. gift that you wanted yeah. to return, right? Keep it. it's 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 cheaper for us to issue a refund than it is for us to take it back right and and so there's the economics of this whole thing have to continue to be worked out and worked through to to for the retailers like you know walmart may be able to get away with that but some of the smaller guys can't
0: yeah absolutely i'm really curious about your perspective on this i kind of look at things you know there's that which the customer and maybe your average everyday joe sees and then I think there's kind of a more macro perspective. So I look at some of these new stores. You know, I, I have a background. I'm a former Amazon business development uh, executive, and, and, and you know, I kind of have a different understanding of how e-commerce works, being that I, I worked inside of the, the great A to Z company. And, um, you know, I look at something like an Amazon four star store. Right. So you look at malls today. Right. This is, you know, your specialty in terms of shopping centers and and retail like that. You know, malls that were built over the last 50, you know, 40, 50, 60 years, they really drew the population away from major metropolitan areas along major interstates. and, And now they have these, you know populations that are um, you know very incredibly well re, you know located real estate off of major freeways and maybe malls are struggling to fill up with tenants especially now after everything we've been through over the last you know 10 12 months so i see something like an amazon four star store where now you have tons of amazon products that are in store not just at a fulfillment center next to some international airport but they're next to a major metropolitan they're next to a major population center, I should say. So it looks like from the customer's perspective, oh, this is great. Now I can go walk in and I've got my product. Well I say, and I'm curious to hear what 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 you have to say, Greg, is that this is almost like another level of last mile fulfillment. Now we've got the product from, you know, these huge million, million and a half square foot fulfillment centers and we brought it closer to the customer. So I'm really curious to see how that unfolds over the next few years in terms of taking those next steps and pushing the fulfillment chain closer to the customer so that they can get their products even faster.
1: Absolutely, 100% agree with you. And I think it's it's interesting, you know, you mentioned that, you know, people don't realize when they're, you know, sitting in an, in, even in a Whole Foods, right? An Amazon yeah. Whole Foods now yeah. that it's Amazon owned, right? I cannot tell you how many trips I made to Whole Foods over the last couple of months returning my Amazon purchases, but, you know, being able to pick them up and return and the, you're, you're changing that whole dynamic of that last mile. And, you know, I think one of the first out of the gate of any significance to realize that was Nordstrom, right? With their Nordstrom local, I think they realized very quickly that. We need to get closer to the consumer and we need to have an additional touch point yeah. and we don't have to have merchandise there. We just have to be able to help, help with the return, help with, the with, with alterations, help with advice and shopping and, you know, we'll get the stuff to the house, but it, it's, it's, it's a different way of doing things and a different touch point. So to your point, I think that it's going to be imperative for the success. And, and I think everyone's realizing it. I think some are acting on it quicker than others.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Greg, tell me what key trends, what additional key trends do you see in twenty twenty one and beyond in commercial real estate and in retail?
1: I I think a couple of things. One is, and it kind, and and this is a direct and an indirect impact on retail and and real estate. You've heard a lot about over the last several months, especially a lot about the flight to the suburbs. Right, everybody's leaving and heading to the suburbs, and so the suburbs are going to be the you know, the next great growth vehicle, the next big thing. And I think if you take a closer look at that, I think it's a little bit of media hype and a little bit of exaggeration. I think what you'll find is New York, San Francisco, L.A., you know, yes, D.C., yes. But when you start looking at, a, at the U.S. as a whole, no, I don't I don't think that you're, we're not seeing any evidence, at least, that that's widespread. And, and you know, I just read a study by Zillow. It's saying, you know, we don't see it either. We see it in certain markets, but we don't see this holistically. And I think it, it's 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 going to be important not to go with what everyone thinks is the fad, which is, you know, everyone's moving here, everyone's going mm-hmm. there, everybody's doing this, everybody's moving to the South, you know, from the Northeast, every, you know, all of these things that are happening. I think that's one. Um, and, and those that get caught up in those fads and get concerned and reactive to it, I think are going to have a problem. The other I think is, is this concentration on Gen Z, right? The Generation Z is going to be the, it is and is going to be the next big, great consumer, right? And everything we need to do needs to be tailored to Gen Z. And I also think that's a little overstated. And, and I look and say, the sleeper here is Gen X. Mm. Um, I, and and I think that that sleeper is Gen X, because these are, you know, look what the look what the millennials have had to go through with, I mean, it's it's just been hit after hit after hit, and and I think they're gun-shy in a lot of respects. But but look at Gen X. Gen X is that that group that has income, that's well-established, it's towards the tail end of their careers, and they've got disposable income in a lot of cases. And I think they're also directing a lot of the purchasing power. And so I, I think we gotta be careful not to forget both the baby boomers and Gen X, as everybody's focusing on millennials and Gen Z, Uh, And and I think that's a mistake. Uh, I think the last is I I do think we're going to see a lot more. I guess the what's the the, cooperation would be the word I would use a lot more cooperation between landlord and tenant. Yes, I don't think we have to, right? And I I don't think there's any way around it, but I also think it's even important things like, you know, buy online pickup at curb, right? Curbside pickup becomes a whole different, you know, is the center going to do this? holistically? Is the center, is it going to be store by store and the parking lot's going to be a mess? Is there a pattern to this? You know, How do you accomplish all of this? How do you help each other get people in the center and and, and hopefully stay there, right? And that's going to take a lot more cooperation than we've seen in the past. And I think all of those are going to hit and hit quickly.
0: Yeah, well, listen, one of the things I love about sitting in in this seat over here is I get to interview experts like you and, and hear the news from the experts and not just from the media. So, you know, I really appreciate that. You've brought some incredible value here to our viewers. We've got about a minute left. Anything else you wanted to talk about or any questions you have for me, Greg?
1: Now, look, I think I, I just want to recognize what you're doing and, and, and why you're doing it. And I think it's awesome. Uh, and I think hopefully the viewers feel the same way I do, which is I love the information. I love the variety and the knowledge transfer, and I and I think it's phenomenal. And and I just continue to wish you much success as you go through. Um, and you know, hopefully, these the guests will be continue to to teach and and allow us to learn. So I, I appreciate the time, and, and like I said, respect what you're doing.
0: Awesome, Greg Katz, the Shopping Center Group, TSCG. I'm Dan Lukowitz. This has been another incredible episode with an incredible guest here on Dan on Top. Appreciate everybody watching. If there's anything I can do, feel free to reach out, and we look forward to seeing you soon.